It might get loud. It might light a fire within you. It's all hands on deck. Now, for your listening pleasure, 94.9 News Now presents Mean Chet Martin, the Long Island redneck Brian Bro, and fearless C.V. Burton. This is Freedom on Deck. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Freedom on Deck on 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. Me and Chet Martin here with you, Memorial Day weekend, the show, and also with me, the New Hampshire redneck himself, Mr. Brian Bro. Make sure you're prepared, because these uh, globalists are up to something. And the fearless one himself, Mr. C.V. Burton. The devil has come down to you having great wrath, because he knows that he has but a short time. Wow, we're getting really crazy here in the opening. <laughs> I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> Listen, um, obviously, we remember all the loss that, that fought for our freedoms on Memorial Day weekend. And that goes first and foremost from our hearts to all our listeners. And we also give great credit and great respect to the current veterans and also all the brave young men and women that are continuing the fight despite the, the uh, fight that we have on these shores, so many of them over there are giving us that ability as we speak here to you on this radio show. And um, we hope you all show respect as well, no matter what. We will have a full, full show. We got two great guests on the line. Uh, later on, we're going to have Jan Grosskop now, Jan's on with Lee quite often. She has a site, jsg2000.com. She puts some really great pieces out there, and we're going to be talking about one of her great pieces, The Great Divide Abortion. So we're going to be discussing that. And then Hayward Gatch has actually come by and talking about getting your kids out of public school and homeschooling them. So that's going to be a great discussion as well. So don't miss any of that stuff. All right, guys, we're going straight to this Target thing. So... Everybody knows the story. Target hired a self-identified Satanist to design what was called the Pride Line under the Aprilian label earlier this month. The artist Eric Carnell announced the agreement with Target on Instagram where he showcases some of his disgusting designs that feature images of pentagrams, horn skulls, and other demonic graphics. He acknowledged... He acknowledged that his merchandise infuriates people and gloated that it made him feel quite the celebrity to be featured by Target. The backlash has been swift across social media. Podcaster Liz Wheeler wrote, I will never shop at Target again. They are targeting our children. Chest binders, question mark. Tucking underwear, question mark. Evil, pure evil. We cannot allow businesses that mutilate and destroy children to survive. We need to bud light them. In response, Target removed some of the perverse merchandise, uh, reported that the company made the decision in the interest of the employee's safety, claiming that some have received threats. Of course, now it's, yeah, they're going to, of course, that's going on. A Target spokesman said they are removing apparel and brand products from all U.S. stores, from the web- website. Other Pride Collection merchandise is under review, and some locations chose to move their stock to less visible areas inside the store. Meanwhile, California Democrat Gavin Newsom 
incredibly accused Target CEO Brian Cornell of selling, sell, selling out homosexuals to mainstream Americans, whom he labels extremist. All right, this is the tweet from that jerk. I'm not going to read it, but what, what Gavin Newsom says is, uh, watch out, next they're going to target blacks, gays, homosexuals, and Latinos. Now, that that's just an absolute disgusting thing to put out there. And he also said these were just a few Target stores down south, Brian. Well, I have news from Mr. Newsom, Brian. These yeah. stores were in New York. They were in Ohio. I know that there were some of them up in California where Mr. Newsom is. So he's full of it. But they are parading out these disgusting lines. And it's for one thing. They have a war against Christians, a war against Americans, a war against us. Absolutely. I mean, there's no other way to say it than that. You know, when when you have a when the designer of the line is involved in Satanism, right? And, and, and I mean, what does that tell you? You know what I mean? That it, it, to to and they've been doing this for a while though, Target. Haven't they? You know oh, what yeah. I mean with the, with the bathroom thing, yep. and you know, and all that nonsense. And they and they always push the envelope. They're 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 the wokest of the wokes, uh, as far as uh, retailers, you know, um, uh, department store, uh, stores go. And it's not going to stop. You know, it's funny they did a uh, an emergency meeting. Target did. Uh, the uh, I think it was yesterday. And, uh, you know, to to because of the backlash, they didn't want to uh, bud light themselves, I believe, yeah. is the way that the arg- article went. But, you yeah. know, that they're going to still they're going to still push the line. They're still they may they may roll it back. They may mix the clothes within. You know, I was thinking about that. I said, maybe they'll just take all, take down the whole display and then mix those that brand in with the other clothes. So it's less noticeable. That's kind of what they're trying to do. Uh, C.V. Brian makes a good point. They've always been like this. If you don't remember back when uh, Hillary first ran against Trump, they had Hillary shirts featured in Target. So, I mean, that that is just oh, crazy, yeah. too. Th- this has been a problem for Target for a very long time. And getting back to that Satan worshiper, uh, he wears a shirt that says Satan respects pronouns. And... Uh, <laughs> And if that doesn't say everything, I don't know what does. And uh, and that CEO himself, that uh, Brian Cornell, the CEO of Target, he yep. looks satanic also. He has those shifty shift bug eyes type of right. thing going on. Right. And a lot of these corporations, they do these things because they're being raided by organizations involved in ESG. Elon Musk said... He's increasingly convinced, he said, that ESG is the devil incarnate. ESG stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance. And it it rates companies and organizations on how sustainable are their operations. I hate how globalists use that word, sustainable. They have no idea what they're talking about. And uh, basically, it tells leftist investors which are the best woke stocks to buy. You know, mm. so they're trying to yeah. get they're try targets trying to get a high rating with with this uh, with these organizations. So yeah, that it gives they, you that so high that rating. Stock, yeah, and you and know, they, it, and they lose millions. Even the word "woke" is uh <laughs> is illogical because they're using a past tense verb, 
as an adjective. So everything about the whole concept is from an alternate universe that bears no resemblance to the reality we know. You know, both of you make some great points here. And we see the folks that are lining up to defend them. As I said, Gavin Newsom here, there were a lot of Hollywood pedos that came to their defense. And uh, I, I was disappointed to see some other people that I thought were a little better than all this. I'm not going to go down a laundry list of names, but Target is a store that, as Brian has said, has made targets of us and our children for a very long time. They were the first department store to say that men could use the ladies' room Uh. if they felt like men that day. They were the first one. Now, I have told everybody, don't shop at Target. If you're going to see Target becoming involved with Satanism and this trans bizarro movement and all the other stuff, listen... We're not telling you here on this show that you have to go run in a corner and hide if you're homosexual or even if you're trans or if you're somewhere in that. But this is attacking children. We have to be able to identify what they're doing, Brian, when they come after our kids. And if we can't do that, we can't do very much, can we? No, no. I mean, listen, Target's not the store. Your children are the target. Yes. When it when it, when it comes to Target, <laughs> you know That's what I mean. Right. That, it, it's a mouthful, but that is the truth. You know, Target is it, you are the target. Your children are the target. Okay, You're, when you when you walk into their store, that is exactly what they do. Uh, they're doing. They are targeting you, your your family, your pocketbook. And why would you even want to go there and patronize a store that that is doing these types of things to children anyway? Because some people actually believe that everything we talk about on this show and and elsewhere, that it's something that we make up and that uh, mainstream right networks just push for the narrative. I swear, there was somebody that called in to lead the other day. He was this whacked out liberal. I was basically saying that all this uh, trans uh, satanic stuff is stuff that, that we make up. And, um, of course, he, he got hung up on. He got hung up on, but, you know, that's just the way it is. These people are so deranged that they're willing to pretend nothing's going on, even though they have kids, grandkids, and all of the sort. Um, guys, we are going to have to go. We have a second topic coming up. Don't go anywhere. Freedom on Deck, 94.9 News Now, and Stimulating Talk. Removing all your inhibitions. Releasing complete freedom of thought Sensations of every sense will prevail With this you will see everything Triggering the unconscious power to Freedom on Deck, 94.9 News Now, and Stimulating Talk. All right, guys, after this one, we're going to bring on the wonderful Mr. Hayward Gatch talking about getting getting the kids into uh, homeschooling. It's a battle that everybody, certainly parents that listen to us and other conservative shows, want to 
look into or have looked into are saying, how can we do this? And one of the interesting things that um, Hayward's going to talk about is is kind of doing it in a community setting, which Brian actually brought up uh, not too long ago. So we're going to discuss that, but we have to keep going on with this because me and Brian got into a big screaming match in between the, in between the segments during the, during the commercials. I, I was screaming. Just right, chat so was the, screaming. So, so this... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I didn't walk out. So so here's the thing. Me and Brian got into like the whole, the gay community being wrapped, wrapped up in the LGBTQ community and and how we should all step aside and, and see what's actually going on here. And what should we say? How should we deal with this? Where do we need to go with this? Um, and I think I took my stance because I was watching a program that was on AON and it was a, a few lesbian women that were were being interviewed. And the one lesbian woman was talking about the fact that because she's against the LGBTQ movement, uh, she has been ostracized. She gets harassed. She gets death threats. Um, and that she is against any type of sexualization of children. And, and really how the LGBTQ movement is, in essence, attacking women and children all the time. And I, she's an ex-feminist from the, you know, the the seventies, and and she was talking about how basically women's rights have turned into no rights at all. So I, I think I think Brian, the reason I got kind of crappy about the whole thing is, I think that it's it's imperative that the media cover stories like that yes. to show us that these sick groups. They will eat you if you don't go lockstep with every marching order that they give you. They will attack you and take you down. Well, I mean, yes. I mean, I, I get what you you were saying. So kind of off air, we were saying, you know, Chet was kind of making the point that, you know, is that anybody that's against the gen agenda of these globalist losers, um, gets silenced i mean we, we we see it all the time you know what i mean uh you know it, it, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a a, a a gay or lesbian lgbt uh community thing i no. mean it's anything i mean yep. if you're a conservative you're silenced if you know if you're if you're if you're a a, a christian baker you're you know you're attacked and sued and you know trying to have your life ruined i mean we've been going through this for the last I would say a good portion of eight years, six, yeah, sure. six to eight years. So, I mean, I get what you were saying. You know what I mean? Is that anybody that comes out within the community uh, um, against these, you know, transgender story, uh, you know, uh, you know, whatever they call it, the, the, uh, drag queen story drag time. queen story hour you know what i mean if and they come out against everything. that they get targeted they get shut down they get slight a uh, silence mm -hmm. uh you know any of them that come out against these types of clothing lines or anything like that they get shut down they get targeted they get silenced so yes. i get what you were saying but what i the point i was trying to make was that i would want to distance myself from all of that if i was in the gay lesbian community. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I yeah. would not, oh, I would want to find a way to label yourself something different and be totally separate from that. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, that's it's what, like, that's what this, uh, this woman was doing. 
Um, and they do have they do have groups out there that are doing this. And that's right. kind it, of the point I was getting at is that it does exist and and the media doesn't show it. Right. It, I mean, it, it'd be no different than if I was if I was a, a black man in today's America and I was for uh, African-American rights. I no. wouldn't uh, certainly wouldn't want and, anybody to lump first, me in with and, and B, I, I BLM this too, Brian. You know what um, I mean? <laughs> she said that they they had a rally, and when they organized the rally with uh, gays and lesbians against this movement, they did show up. They had a big parade, and Antifa showed up and started uh, beating people up. Wow. So, I mean, that's what's going on. I mean, it happens. You know, so, it, so Sor it, Soros sent his henchmen. <laughs> It's just here's what here's what my point was. It's important to know that that is happening and nobody does. Right. So that's that's what bothers me. Nobody knows that it's happening. CV, you had a point. Um, put your point out there. You, right. you, you, you didn't get to say it before the last one. Right. ended. Well, the main point, which most people know, something that Jeff Epstein said two episodes ago, two weeks ago, that the leftist uh, playbook is one of the things they want to do is destroy the family unit to prevent yep. families from even happening to prevent yep. the, the reproduction of mankind because they hate life. They think life hurts the planet you know what I mean? Life is the planet is for life, but they think life is hurting the planet. But the other point, which I'm not the first one to make this point is that they're going after children just to get us riled up, just to get us angry and and then so that so that they could say they're threatening us, and because they are ho homophobes and they are bigots, and they're going to come after the blacks and the Asians and the Jews and the Hispanics next and yep. all this stuff. So they're setting us up with a straw man by yep. using children just to get us riled up, and that was the point I was going to make. I certainly think that's a part of it. I also think that they are sexually demented people that do want to have sex with children. Yes. That's the you know that's another I mean, point that's another point yes. yeah i mean that that's obviously true i think we're what me and brian were kind of clashing on we didn't really understand the way it was it was being presented by one another now that i know what brian was saying of course i agree with him i just i think that the problem that we experience with these folks that are in I don't want to say that community, but in the gay community or in the black community that decide to speak out against this stuff or say that I'm voting for Donald Trump or say that I'm a Republican or I'm a conservative. Those people get ostracized really bad. It would make what's happening to us uh, look like a walk in the park sometimes because then they don't really have anyone to turn to. And and that's where it starts to get hard to really identify brian because you know i think your point point was i don't want to be if i was in that that group that group if i was a gay man or i was a lesbian i would want to distance myself from that completely and and that was my point the, these people that were talking doing this interview said that they have done that so that was kind of and that they're being attacked Right. So, well, I mean, uh, it's the same. It kind of goes to the the point I made before that if I was a black if I was a black man in America today, I wouldn't want to be associated with BLM just because I wa right. I was for uh, African American rights. You know yep. what I mean? And 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 we have seen 
that any uh, black Americans that are, you know, that, that are against BLM get attacked. I mean, look at Diamond and Silk. I mean, they, they've spoken out against BLM. I mean, gosh, I mean, the, 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 the fiery arrows that they've received Death threats and all types of other Look things. Look at Dr. So, ben Carson, CV. Look at Dr. Ben Carson. The man separated conjoined twins. Nobody's ever done it in the history of, of the world and in America. And they call him an Uncle Tom in a house, you know what? And this is a guy that's done something that is really so astronomically great, and they can't admit to that. Speaking of identical twins, there were identical twins born. There are many cases of this where one is gay and one is not. So that proves that you're not necessarily born gay. That, no, you're not born and, gay. And you can't say this uh, according to the left. You'll be ostracized. You'll be blacklisted. You'll be fired. You'll be deplatformed and everything else. And uh, you'll starve to death because you'll never work in this town again. But we're allowed to have our opinions. Guess what? You can repent if you're a homosexual and you can become straight again. Yeah, I said it. What are you going to do about it? That's a great point you make because it really is true. You you can't say things now. You can't have a, an opinion. If, if we're not harming anybody, what's wrong with saying what CV just said? Nothing. There's nothing wrong with it. Well, now, what's now, wrong, now, with, what's wrong with it is it goes against it goes against the it goes against the narrative of these these fascists. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's yeah, called it's yeah, called Brian, free they speech. Still won't, we used to have a constitution in this country. That, and, and CV, they still won't release that uh, that information about the shooter in Tennessee. Yep, that's right. They they won't release it. The FBI said it's going to be under wraps for sixty seven years. The FBI it's manifesto. Wrote, I'm sorry. The FBI Man, wrote a, a letter. They, the FBI <laughs> wrote a letter from the school to themselves. Yes, sick. Yeah. Yeah. There's a little MK Ultra uh, <laughs> puppet. All right, guys, we got Hayward Gatch on the line. Come back to Freedom on Deck. Just just a few short minutes. Don't go anywhere. After school one day, a boy sat talking with his dad. He said the teacher pulled out a book, taught us all about the flag. About the red, white, and blue, and how each color was defined. And why we stand hand over heart, pledge allegiance every time. His dad pulled out a box with a folded flag. Said, trust me, son, it means way more. A little voice came on the phone and said, Daddy, when you come home, he said the first thing that came to his mind, I'm already there. Welcome back to Freedom on Deck on 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. It's been some time since we've had him on the show. But I wanted to bring him back on because so many people ask about Hayward. And Hayward Gatch on the line with us right now. Probably, uh, I'd say he's my best buddy on the left. I'd have to say that. Because I learned so much from Hay- Hayward. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm recovering from a little bit of a sniffle. You probably yeah. hear it in my voice, but I'm here. And uh, very excited to be on the show again. What we were talking about a few weeks back on our program was homeschooling. And uh, throughout the talk radio day, I hear a lot of people talking about the availability of homeschooling. 
one of the things that I hear a lot of people saying is they don't have time, that it's difficult when you have multiple people working in the household and you have multiple children and you try to get all these things to work out. And and it does become difficult. So we know that the curriculum in school right now, there's a lot of pushback on both sides about what their children are learning. Now, you... Your plan, and your children are very small right now, but your plan is to homeschool, and in general, that's what you guys have been doing. I'm assuming you and your wife would both participate in this. Um, What makes you, what makes someone like Hayward Gatt say, I'm not sending my kids to public school, I want to homeschool? Yeah, so there are three major reasons for that. Um, The first, and I guess we might consider the most important, is is safety you know we we talk about the increasing frequency of all of these these disasters and and crimes of violence happening in schools and i think to myself i feel very reluctant to entrust the safety of my children to someone i barely know who doesn't who probably barely knows my children especially and this is very critical chet especially before my you know, young children, toddlers understand what it means to duck and cover or hide or conceal yourself, right? Like think about, you know, kindergarten kids or first graders, something bad happens and they're like, oh, hide. They think it's hide and seek, right? Like they don't, they're not aware of their surroundings enough to actually even stand a chance. So it's just luck of the draw. So for us, you know, until the kids really have a a good situational awareness and can really uh, navigate a crisis, to me, I feel very, very reluctant to trust my kids to these folks, especially considering like you go to a lot of schools and you'll find that there is a door that's unlocked. Right after the um, the shooting down in, I think it was Tennessee, one of my clients went to her son's school and walked right in the door and it was unlocked. And she pulled her kid out of school that day because not only was she upset about the safety, but she found that her, her own school was unlocked. That's crazy. And that's a, and it's like I think yeah. everybody should try that. I mean, that's that's a scary thing to to see the day after that happens. She goes to the school and walks right in. It's unbelievable. And this kind of stuff happens all the time. And so, like, I feel very reluctant to place that trust. So for us, that's a really big one. Um, Second is the the quality of education. You know, we hear all the time, like, what percentage of kids in public schools are needing a certain proficiency in a certain subject. And it's always in, like, the 20s or the 30s. And that's 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 terrifying to me, you know, to to, if I'm going to surrender my child to something, I want at least some kind of a payoff as a result being like great quality education or something that they get a value from it. And and to me, it's really that value is not there. So I as a as a child went to a private school uh, when that became uh, unachievable for my family. I went to public school and I was like three years ahead. And I felt completely unstimulated by it. It was, uh, it felt like a a huge waste of time. But more importantly, I saw thousands of kids around me that were getting completely failed by their system. And this sort of leads into the third reason, which is sort of a more ideological thing for me. And, you know, you folks in the audience might have your own ideological reasons for being uncomfortable with the establishment school. Mm -hmm. But to me, the schools aren't really there to make my children well-rounded, uh, you know, well-educated, thoroughly capable people. 
you know, I've always said that school is not a place to learn. It's where you learn your place. It's where it's where they go to break children and to make them fit within the society's mold. And anyone who doesn't fit that, they want to give them the medications or they want to label them as socially in some way. Exactly, Chet. I, I, I think you had mentioned this stuff as well. But like, think about, for example, one of my best friends was uh, thought of as super, super ADHD. Turns out he was a literal genius in public school. So what else are you going to do when you finish your work in a couple of seconds and then, you know, have nothing else to do because your school isn't actually trying to push for that quality of education? So when I was in middle school, uh, when I switched over to public school, we were pushing very hard for honors and advanced placement classes to get pushed back in. Mm -hmm. And they and they were like, no, 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 we we don't want to do that. And so as a result, you have a whole generation of kids that have what's called a gifted kid burnout syndrome, where like they accelerated all throughout school, never feeling challenged. And they're, when their brains are crucially developing during that time, needing to be challenged to re reach their full potential, they plateaued, you know, usually in middle school or high school. And when it came time to actually be challenged, they had no idea what to do. They had to completely relearn how to go to school. And a lot of kids fell through the cracks. So, you know, it's just not there. And that, was, that was happening with my son, Tristan. And, and maybe yeah. that's what you're referring to when you when you heard on the show, probably when we were discussing my, my son, Tristan is a genius. He's top, top honors going from um, school. It, you know, he, he, at public school, their answer to him being in high honors and having a difficulty app, like you said, when you're finishing up. Um, and he could be a little rambunctious. And of course, the first thing is put him on Ritalin. And, uh, yeah, and, and, and we said no. And, and that's that that is a very uh, great point by you. Uh, it's a lot of these psychotropic drugs that they give to these kids when they're when nothing's wrong with them, Hayward. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing with a top-down system, Chet. People that fall outside of that pre-approved box are going to be marginalized. And more often than not, those are the kids who have a tremendous amount of unutilized potential. And because it doesn't fall within the, the dynamic of the system, they're ignored, they're not served, or God forbid, they're, they're, they're drugged and, and have their lives uh, stunted for their full potential. Like, that's really bad you know school to me is a place where you learn to fit in with the pre-approved society and from your my previous appearances on the show you know i'm not much of someone who fits within that pre-approved uh narrative of yeah society. no for sure so you know i'm not the school at the end of the day like it is an institution that is a government approved space to train the next generation of citizens well if the government approves of it more often than not i'm at the very least skeptical of it if not more so so like all of the history that wasn't taught in schools or all of the uh, depth, uh, deeper depths of science that weren't taught in schools or the ability to think critically, question authority like our founders did yeah. is not really put through in school. It's where you go to learn to be an obedient what worker. What do you say to the parents that that say, I can't do it. We 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 have too much going on. We both work. We both, you know, we have a mortgage, all that. What do you say to them? I want to take them out of public school, but I don't know how. Yeah. And, you know, that's 
I, I have to acknowledge that like I am a very fortunate person. So I have a home that home has a, a space where I have the logistical capability to do that. And, you know, some people probably will logistically not be able to fully pull their kids out of school, at yeah. least individually. And that's when you look to your networks of friends and family and say, how can you help us facilitate this goal? Or perhaps how can we facilitate this goal together? Maybe you have some friends that, that have kids. How can we make this stuff work? You know, if you really... Uh, if you really think you can't pull the kids out of school, maybe at least try to uh, supplement education that you think is is more appropriate. Maybe at least try to have something of a hand in it. And maybe you work toward the goal of saying, I want to get these kids out of the situation because I think you and I can both agree, Chet, it's not getting better. No. So the sooner you get them out, the better. But do as much as you can. You know, we're, we're in a very fortunate situation where a lot of our overhead for our lives is reduced because we have a lot of our food bill provided by our front yard. You know, I am very fortunate to have a wife who is uh, very dedicated with the kids. She's also highly educated, so she can do a lot of this teaching. I run a construction company that I can kind of make my own hours to a degree. So it's easier for me. And I'm, I, I don't want to be the person who's like, hey, look at me. Look at how everything's going great for me. Like, I get it. Things are hard. Every person is different. But if this is something that really bothers you, look around, find some people that feel the same way and see what is possible. Work on it. Absolutely. Thanks, Hayward. Thank you so much. Everybody, that's the wonderful Hayward Gatch. You know I'm calling into Lee LC's a 94.9 favorite. We've got a lot more show to go here on Freedom on Deck. Don't go anywhere. And stick right here. Fox News Radio. And in the naked light I saw 10,000 people, maybe Freedom on Deck 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. After this one, we got Jan Grosskopf coming on. And we're going to be talking about her article, The Great Divide, Abortion, and her site as well. We'll give you all the information out when Jan comes on with me. You know, you probably heard her on with Lee But anyway, okay. So we're talking about the Oath Keepers and the sentencing of Stuart Rhodes. Okay, so from the Washington Examiner, and if you guys didn't know this, it just happened a few days ago. Stuart Rhodes, the founder and leader of the Oath Keepers, has been sentenced to 18 years in prison for orchestrating the extensive plot to maintain Donald Trump's presidency despite the loss in 2020. District Judge Amit Mehta said that seditious conspiracy is one of the more serious crimes in America that can commit, and it involves using force against the government and the people of the country. Now, keep in mind, guys, when I'm reading this, I'm reading the article. I don't believe any of that. So, okay. Right. Uh, here's his quote again from Mr. Meta. It is an off. It is an offense against the government to use force. It's an offense against the people of the country. A second Oath Keepers member, Kelly Meggs, the leader of the Florida contingent or chapter of the group, was sentenced to 12 years in prison. 
These sentences mark the first time in over 10 years that defendants have been sentenced for seditious conspiracy. Earlier, Meta ruled that Rhodes' actions can be classified as domestic terrorism, saying Rhodes was the one giving the orders. He was the reason they were there. In fact, in Washington, D.C., Oath Keepers... Oh, my stuff is... That's great. Oath Keepers would... Thanks, all the all the cookies that are flying, flying across my phone right now. Wouldn't have been there, but Stuart's Rhodes, I don't think anyone contends otherwise. He was the one who gave the orders to go, and they went, Meta said. Rhodes 58 was convicted of seditious conspiracy by the jury. This is terrorism prosecutor Catherine Razakschi said Thursday of Rhodes' role in the riot, arguing he should be punished more harshly. All right, um, 18 years? We got people in New York murdering people that are getting out in like two <laughs> years, Brian. This is yeah. insane. I'm sorry. I know that... I know that there are liberals out there uh, that are going to pull their hair out when I say this, but uh, Mr. Rhodes did not deserve 18 years for his role in whatever it was because nobody got hurt aside from a setup job that happened. One police officer had a heart attack when he went home that they said he suffered during the riots, which wasn't true. But um, 18 years and 12 years for the uh, the other one there. That's a lot of years for something that really didn't result in anything all that bad. I'm sorry. It's just, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it was basically, it, put it this way, it it was more peaceful than a than a Antifa or BLM riot. Oh, absolutely. In Seattle or Chicago or any of the stuff that we saw. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see I didn't see anybody burning down Capitol buildings and 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 monuments in Washington D.C. the way they were in Portland, Oregon, and and Seattle and things like that. Burning down courthouses and no, I didn't see any of that. None of that. Um, and and so you know, uh, let me tell you what this is is about. This is about making an example. Yes. to shut down any other patriotic groups mm-hmm. that that would think about defending the people of this nation against its government. Right. You know, I go to CV real quick, but I also want to mention that it's so funny to see the kind of rhetoric that they put out against these folks with the Oath Keepers when Attorney General Merrick Garland was asked why they didn't arrest Antifa members that showed up at Supreme Court justices' homes to harass yeah. them. He said because it happened at night. <laughs> so All right, CV, what do you think of this, man? Well, to Brian's point, what was Brian's point? I don't know. The point no, no. was that this this is crazy. Yeah. Well, eighteen years to. To a 57-year-old or 58-year-old is a death sentence. Let's face it. That's like his life. Now I know uh, Brian's point. It is to cool off the idea of having militias, which is constitutionally protected in our country. They are literally ripping up our constitution and throwing it in the garbage. They're trying to cool off the idea of having militias or or to bear arms, you know? And uh, this Judge Emmett... And Prosecutor Catherine Roxkey, whatever her name is. Uh, there are more examples of how the left live in an alternate universe, which I stated before, which bears no resemblance to the reality we, we know. I'm sure they call each other comrades, you know? Judge, Judge Maida said that 
I'm reiterating what you said, what, what you read from the article, that Rhodes poses an ongoing threat and peril to our democracy and the fabric of this country, and that seditious conspiracy is one of the most serious crimes an American can commit, and it involves using force against the government. What force? There was no weapons. How do you overthrow a government with no weapons? You make they, no they sense, they you're a moron. Nancy to Pelosi's desk, damn it. You can't go on Nancy Pelosi's desk. And Brian, somebody just should have told the Oath Keepers to do this rally at night, and they wouldn't have got arrested. Well, here's the thing. Hold on at a second. Night, Hold on a second. If they did it at night, nobody would be arrested. Hold on a second. Now, anytime <laughs> we've ever seen the Oath Keepers, you know, presence anywhere, it's a presence of force to keep the peace right just it's like when we sat when out. we when we saw when, when 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 we had the riots down in um this is there's been there, there's me. been so many of them but anyway <laughs> but the oath keepers basically stood bef- in between the protesters and the police officers they made a line with their backs turned towards the police officers Charlottesville? standing Charlottesville right but but yeah. standing standing in the way of the police officers defending the police officers right but but because but because it was the scumbags in washington mm-hmm. that that they were it, they're against because it was they were upholding their their oath the oath keepers they were holding their oath uh, that they took when they served this nation many of them are police officers former former military ems firefighters i mean it, it the list goes on yeah so well, they were they were against nancy that you get what i'm saying nancy's nancy's feelings got hurt during veteran you know during memorial day for a for example i know out in um not in, not in riverhead but but uh, but where the uh, where the cer- where the ceremonies are held on Long Island and where most of our our dead military are buried, uh, it's close to Calverton. Yeah, yeah Calverton. Calverton. Right. Sorry, um, the Oath Keepers go down there and put flags on all those all those headstones. Yeah, yeah. and the Boy Scouts Re- reset, reset oh, Christmas time. So these these are the these are the evil terrorists. Terrorists. I mean, come on. Well, you know what pisses me off is. How the left use the, these this phrase "threat to democracy"? Everything's a threat to democracy. Anytime you question election integrity, it's a threat to democracy. You know, it's like over and over and over again. It's like that PC Matic commercial. PC Matic gets rid of viruses. PC Matic speeds up your computer. PC Matic stops hackers. PC Matic prevents unwanted pregnancies. <laughs> PC Matic is a threat to democracy. <laughs> <laughs> that was it's good. It's true, and the. You know, the, the whole threat to democracy. I mean, could any charlatans say that enough and people actually start to believe these freaks? These are the same people that are trying to make pedophilia legal. The, those are the good guys. Those right. are the good guys. Yeah. Tells you all you need to know, Brian. Well, it's upside down. It's it, it's clown world. You know what I mean? It's what's good is evil and what's evil is good and what's right is wrong and wrong is right and you know and left is uh, you know up and down is sideways and you know it's just everything is crazy right now. So you just have to if you are sane <laughs> then you just have to realize that you know at some point you're going to have to get off of your 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 lazy boy and you're going to have to do something because it's coming 
I mean, it's coming. I mean, they, they handed out satellite phones to, you know, all the senators and, 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 yeah, and congressmen. You know, I mean, you know, they, they didn't do that last month for no reason. No. Something's coming up. The World Economic Forum just did their little uh, mock trial of uh, a cyber, you know, uh, pandemic uh, last month or two months ago or whatever it was. So it, we, we know what they do. They, they have their little mock thing and then they carry out their, and, and, their, and, their trial. You know, so look at this too. I mean, election results. I mean, they just put out a poll, not, I think today, Lee read it on Friday, uh, Trump's way ahead of Biden and way ahead of anybody else. They're, yeah. they're, they're getting geared up for that too, for sure. No doubt about it. Oh, they're going to, yeah. I mean, they're going to rig another election and then this country's just going to go up in flames. Probably true. All right, gentlemen, listen. Um, Jan's on the line. We're going to bring her on and then we'll wrap it up. Don't go anywhere. Freedom on Deck 949 News Down. Stimulating. One day I hope you see the truth. This puppet show it stays on because of you fools. We've been dancing with the devil way too long. I know it's fun, but get Welcome back to Freedom on Deck on 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. All right, guys, we got a special guest on the line. And most of you that listen to the Lee LC program will know the voice when you hear it. Her name is Jan Grosskop, and she is a very interesting lady. And I'm happy to have her on with Freedom on Deck this week. Jan, first of all, thank you for coming on the show. I've wanted to have you on for a while, so I'm glad to get you on here. Oh, thank you. It's a privilege. Now, going on your site, and these are things that that me and you were talking about uh, before we started to record. You have an interesting outlook into the Kennedy assassination with a very interesting link. And me and you are going to do a podcast on this whole thing, and we're hoping to do it next week, and, and we'll tell the listeners all about that. But can you just tell our listeners a little bit about your experience what ties you in with uh, what happened to President Kennedy and maybe just a little bit of how that all uh, happened with your family and, and where that went? OK, um, I'll try to be as brief as possible because it's complicated and I'm looking forward to the podcast. Yep. When I was a kid, my father told me that my aunt and uncle had met um, Lee Harvey Oswald in, in um, Russia. And that the FBI had come and taken a picture that they had with him. And uh, this was my great aunt and uncle. And as it unfolded over the years, we occasionally told people. And my father asked us to stop talking about it. My father was a very highly cleared person in what is now cybersecurity. And um, he asked us to stop talking about that. Well... We all knew it, and I have a lot of relatives and cousins and second cousins. The whole family knew about this. And in 2000, unknown to us, um, the picture of my aunt with Lee Harvey Oswald in Minx was um, declassified. 
And I didn't really know about it. Uh, I had stopped talking about it when I was 14 or 15 when my father asked me to. Mm -hmm. And um, so I went and looked at it about a year and a half, two years ago when some relatives uh, were all excited about it. And I started, I'm a historian, I have a PhD in history, I'm a trained researcher, and I did research before I got my PhD. And I, uh, I started looking into that and um, writing about it and putting the picture together. And it's very interesting uh, what I found out about my aunt and uncle and the conclusions I drew and the fact that Lee Harvey Oswald was living with um, another person, our last name is Hyde, um, in Irving, Texas, when he is supposed to have killed um, President Kennedy. And my aunt and uncle were also in Texas before that in August. So the combination is very interesting, very yeah. complicated. Yes. And my, I will sum it up very quickly. My aunt and uncle were very involved with the assassination of JFK. I feel really sad about that. Yeah. And um, angry about it. I have to say, I never liked them. Mm. And. Uh, Okay. And so to, it'll be an interesting story for us to go over. Yes. And it'll take some time. Yes, it's going to take time, and we're going to try to do it this week coming up. And I think we'll probably have to spend more than an hour on it. But I really look forward to it because you told me some things that the that the listeners aren't hearing right now. But everybody, I want you to go check out our site as well. It's JSG2000.com, and you can get a lot of Jan's information. She does some great work there, some great pieces. And I wanted to talk to you about one of your more recent ones here, Jan, The Great Divide Abortion. And sure, that is a title that I think just kind of grabbed me in once I started reading it, uh, the amazing way you kind of sum up what's going on uh, with the uh, with the counterculture of, of abortion right now. What, what's um what's the what's the great divide here? What's going on here? What what are we trying to look for coming up uh, in our history in our histrionics in America with abortion? Well, you know, I agonized for months over this. Um, I read an article in the Journal of Medical Ethics, and it's from 2011. This is a peer-reviewed article suggesting that um, there should be post-birth abortion up to 28 days after a child dies for any purpose, I mean, is born for any purpose. And Lee and Elsie allowed me to discuss this on his show, and when he was sitting in for Wayne Allen Rue, we, we discussed it on the show, and the fact that there was some laws, um, proposed laws in Connecticut and in California that appeared to open the door to this by allowing prosecutors not to, uh, not to have to investigate deaths of infants under the age of 28 days. And it was dead silence. You know, I really thought when this went on, a, you know, a national show that there would be an uproar, dead silence. And I agonized and I agonized over this, um, trying to get this information out, because I think it needs to be part of any discussion, no matter where you are. Yes. On, on abortion. Right. Yes. And that's why the picture on my website that says um, 
abortion, uh, the great divide shows a tornado in the background because this is a great storm and in our culture. And then um, information became it became, came out about a year or so ago that the Church of Satan, as I call them, I don't know what they call themselves, but I just call them that because I, I uh, don't spend a lot. I, I looked at their website incredibly briefly. Yeah. I mostly have looked at articles and court cases, and I actually read some of the court cases. And um, wanting to have abortion as um, in their temples as as a ritual. Oh. That's human sacrifice. Yes, it is. That's what that is. And then the horrific, you put that together with the horrific idea that I could, you know, you're not going to investigate the death of, of infants um, in the first 28 days. Uh, how many infants might end up on altars? And so I think when we're, you know, we may have a great divide, but I think we need to be able to agree on um, some basics. I personally support abortion only for the life of the mother, incest, and rape. However, I know that the majority of people in this country are for the first trimester or the heartbeat or whatever. Mm -hmm. But as we are discussing this, we need to know it's in the background. And I could have put a hundred links to um, issues with the Satanists. Um, I chose maybe, I don't know, eight or nine, ten, something like that. Yes. Um, so I, I wrote that because we need to be able to talk about this, but we need to have a full picture. And, you know, people say, that sounds crazy. Yes. Oh, there's there's the links. Like yeah. I said, there those there are the links and what I do when I do research is I choose all kinds of sites. For instance, um I look at NPR, I look at Fox, um I look at MSNBC. I often go and look I I look at people who are going to and sites who are going to be opposed to each other. And then I look at the primary doc documents, like the Durham report that came out. Right. I have that. Yes. And I, I got that immediately. And um, so that's what I've, I've done with all my topics. And that's what I've done with this topic. And I do, um, I do worry about, I'm a Christian. I realize people aren't, but I know that even, you know, the people aren't, Christians still don't want baby sacrifice, right? No, I would hope not. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I do have that religious, and I, I debate sometimes, should I take my sort of religious leanings out of, out of my um, post? Well, if it's not really necessary, I don't put it in there gratuitously, but I did put it in at the end of this one because I'm worried about the soul of America. I don't blame you. I am too. And I think it's important to discuss that. And I think it's important um, if you felt you needed to put it in the article, you know, people need to be able to say, hey, I'm a Christian. I don't believe in this. And this is why I'm not telling you you have to be a Christian, but we can at least try to agree that when a, a viable life is... Uh, 
being sacrificed in this kind of way, it's something that we should all be very horrified over. Jan, thank you very much. I was happy to have you on the show. I can't wait to do the podcast with you next week, and we'll be talking to you soon. All right, thank you. Take care. Everybody, that is Jan Groskop. Don't go anywhere. We have a lot more show to go here on Freedom on Deck, 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk, Fox News Radio. They left their homes and said goodbye to fight a war with loved ones left to cry. Right outside of this one church town, there's a gold dirt road to a whole lot of nothing. Got a deed to the land, but it ain't. My ground, this is God's country. Welcome back to Freedom on Deck, 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. You know, these, the Memorial Day is around the corner, and I know everybody's busy and out there and maybe going to some barbecues and parades and, and kind of just hanging out and decompressing. We can't really do that on Long Island. That's just called working more. But uh, I know... I know that it's it's a somber reality that so many people sacrifice so much, including you know we, we've all had we've all had family the three guys on this show that have sacrificed for this country and they're gone and and now this is happening. I mean, I, I can't help but say it that way, and I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer here because obviously uh, the Memorial Day is a is a uh, it's not a celebration, but it's a, in remembrance. But in remembrance, I would think that these folks that did so much and gave so much and, and put the country on their back, when they see what's going on from, from up above and when our veterans see what's going on in front of their face and the folks that are still over there doing the work, uh, seeing a absolutely feckless leader that that can't get out of his own way and is the marching orders of the new world order it's got a sting and i can't help but say that i know i i I didn't want to go down this this route but brian this it sucks man because these folks deserve better their memory deserves better. The veterans deserve better. Our, our, our troops deserve better. Our police deserve better. And they, they don't have it. It's not here right now. And it hurts, man. Well, well, nothing says thank you for your service like get out of the hotel. We need, to, we need it for our legals. Yeah. Yep. You know, that, 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 that is disgusting. You know, and um, it, it, it ticks me off because, you know, I know what you were touching on, you know, my dad's not here anymore. Your dad's not here anymore. Both of them serve this nation and love this country. And, and so CV's many others. Dad. CV's uh, dad did it, too. Yes. Oh, oh I, my dad I didn't was, know that. My dad so was in World you know. War III. My, my dad was in World War II. No, you're in World War Three, Steve. Yeah, you're <laughs> in World War III. I am in World War III. We're all in World War. Yes. We are in World War Three. No, but I mean, um, so so all of our, you know, like th- th- that's the history of this nation. I mean, I mean, all all three of our fathers served, and I mean, I have cousins and aunts and uncles that served, and and you know, and because we come, f- we our roots come from a place um, of people who love this nation. You know, we're the, we're, we are the we are the common 
people of this country. We are the mm. it, right. We are the common man, so to speak. You know, the and, backbone um, of this country. And many of you listening out there are are come from the same cloth. You know, you, you, you patriotic Americans that love this country, and you look around and you see what's going on, and you scratch your head and go, "How the heck did we get here?" And I just really think it's, um, you know, our family members that served. They did something that required doing something. You know, they they actually physically went and served. Yeah. They they were they went around all over the globe and 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 protected the interests of this nation. If we're home here at home, maybe it's time for us to get out of our houses and protect the interests of this nation in the right way. But I I mean, maybe it's time that we do that in their memories if they're not here for what they did for us. Yeah, that's a great point. You couldn't say it any better from, from my ears. Uh, I, I absolutely agree with you. It's part of the reason we do this show is what you're saying. And, and CV, it, it's a, you know, this, this show is a work of love for all three of us, but it's also something that we do because we love the country. And I, I know that's why I do it. And I know that's why we take the positions that we take. Even though some people may not agree with us, we're not doing it to rub your nose in it. We're doing it because we think it's in the best interest of this country. Right. I don't even believe in parties anymore. I mean, I'm a, I'm a registered Republican, so I can vote in the primaries. But the fact that we have a two-party system, that actually created the vacuum through which the demon that we're dealing with today has emerged. It's like it's like the the rotten it's like the the cavity tooth the cavity where all this pain is coming out of it it, it was was created by having a two-party system. Yes, there ha- if there's one party that is that stands for reason and logic, of course there has to be an opposition party because we have a two-party system. So, it's an opportunity for people to come in and say, "Okay, we disagree with everything you say." Even if everything you say is reasonable, we're going to be the unreasonable party. So I'm against George Washington was against parties. He admonished it against it. And um, I, w- I would tell a little story about my dad who was uh, in World War II and he was in France and he was only 18 years old. And his uh, girlfriend back home, my mom, they weren't married yet, was already pregnant with my oldest sister. And he was him and the other soldiers were drinking one night. And he fell asleep on this cargo train, you know, and the train pulled out. He didn't know it. And when he woke up, he was in an empty field that was covered with snow. So when he came out of the train, it was everything was white and he thought he was in heaven. <laughs> so, oh, my God. I don't know how he got back. It's but he must, sad in a way. He must have gotten in trouble. But I asked him, I said, did you have did you shoot anybody? He goes, no, I was a guard. I, I shot at somebody's feet once. But, you know, they are these soldiers who fought for the American way, they'd be rolling over in their graves if they saw what was yeah. going on today. And I think yeah. um, for their sake, we should adhere to what the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.14. Admonish the disorderly. Encourage yeah. encourage the faint-hearted. So you, yes. you have to stand up to the confusion, stand up to the people, to their faces, because they don't answer phones and they don't read emails. So you have to go to them and confront them to their faces. And I, I have three asks. Eliminate moderators in official debates. Get rid of the moderators. Confront the corrupt to their faces. 
and win the debate everywhere you go. Yes, great points. Uh, talking about your father and his memories, my mother just told me this not long ago, man, and I didn't know this. If anybody doesn't know, my, my grandfather was a drill sergeant. He's also a World War II veteran and a cop. Mm -hmm. um, and he eventually, after he came home years back here, started to seek therapy. And back then, because he was having flashbacks and he was having really bad, uh, really bad nightmares and stuff. And, and my grandfather was a tough son of a gun. My, my dad was scared of my grandfather. My grandfather was like six foot eight, 280 pounds of, of muscle and man. Um, and he came back one day and he sat, my mother said he was parked in his car and he was slumped over his, his steering wheel crying. And my grandfather wasn't a crier. He never cried. Never, never, never. Something um, he was a tough, like memory. I said, and, and, and she came over to him and kind of was just looking at him and he looked at her and he said, I, I just went through my worst nightmare all over again. And this is what they go through. These people, despite the fact that, despite the fact that they sacrifice so much and they have so many heartaches and so many, so many uh, hard memories that they they relive every day, and all our veterans do. We're all proud of you, uh, and and they go through that, and 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 this is what they're being repaid with. So yes, I agree with you, Brian. Every day we need to try to keep them in mind and and, and fight for them as well well so. i mean we don't have a choice i mean you know no. I, here's here's your here's your choice you could do nothing and watch everything that that your loved ones and for many families out there your loved ones gave the ultimate price yeah they gave their lives yep you know the, the, those that didn't come home mm -hmm. you know so you could sit back and do nothing and everything they fought for, their life that they laid laid down on the line, uh, will be for naught if you sit back and do nothing. And that's where we are. I mean, you know, this this country is in is in peril. I mean, and not just this country. I mean, uh, uh, the globe as a as a whole. I mean, we're seeing we're seeing other nations that are struggling, and 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 uh, you know, in Africa and in the Middle East, in Europe. I mean, it's just it's all over the world. But um, you know, we have to think about home. We have to think about America first, and because uh, because your loved ones didn't fight for you know Taiwan, they fought for here, and we have to win hearts and minds. Yes. Agreed. All right, we're going to end with a good uh, song to remember our, our lost ones that, that gave so much for this country. Thank you for being here. We'll talk to you next weekend. Same Freedom Time. Same Freedom Station. Be good to each other out there on Memorial Day. And remember the ones that you've lost. God bless America. Well, nicknamed him Walker. Tied nice to get a bench. Said I'm going to serve my country. Just like my old man, July 29th came.